Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to the uh, Canon Talk. Uh, I'm your morning, my coach as usual. And we are doing our final podcast of the 2021-22 season. So I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, what a roller coaster ride, eh? I mean, you know, talk about highs, lows, frustrations, excitement. I think, you know, we had all of those as Arsenal fans. I mean, you know, kicking off the season, you know, we were talking about the relegation battlers. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners, I know me personally, going into the season, I was pissed off with some signings we did. You know, like, why are you paying so much for Ramsdale, Ben White, etc.? But as we go into it, you'll see, you know, a lot of these players have kind of pulled their weight. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to start off with uh, moments of the season. Um, for me, uh, goal of the season goes to Martinelli against Watford. I mean, for me, <laughs> it was almost like a sort of one-touch uh, football. I mean, it's from the point where Arteta is throwing the ball. For, like, you know, to, for Arsenal to take a quick throw in. And I mean, that whole cycle, the way the ball just gets... With one touch, each, like I think each player just took like one touch in a, at four, I think four man move, and I went for Martinelli just almost like off loop it into the top corner. I mean, fantastic goal. I mean, like for yeah. me, yeah, that was mine as well. I know when you told me to to, to <laughs> think of you know the what what was like my goal of the season, and you know there was a lot of good goals, there was goals, but that goal just like at that point epitomized you know how on the up Arsenal is where Arteta was quick thinking, and it was just you know. Well played from the manager to the goal scorer with that. So, you know, that is definitely my goal of the season. I'm sure the save of the season, we're probably both going to, to agree on as well. But, you know, let me play your thoughts. For me, the moment of the season was uh, actually the, the Emirates-North um, London derby. Because, I mean, I think we were also still very shaky. I mean, I think it was also a worry uh, you know, taking on Spurs and that, especially in sort of the form, because look, we were very on and blowing hot and cold at that point. But I mean, when we took on Spurs, I mean, to, to almost like carve them open that easily, I mean, you haven't seen that for, you know, quite a few seasons. Yeah, no, I, I think there was there was that one. And then for me, I kind of had two folders, that one. And then I would also like to say that United game as well. I know we, we put them to the sword, but... That Spurs game, I think, was almost that, you know, to confirm that Arsenal, you know, the other results weren't lucky against Norwich. And I think, I can't remember the other two results, but we got, like, two two decent results. But then, I think it was Burnley. But I th- definitely think that that Spurs one was the one that said, you know, you know, we uh not to mess around. Yeah. Um, so, this season, as you said, uh, for me, it was Ramsdale versus Leicester City. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I think if you just mentioned that game, I think many fans will immediately know which one we're talking about. Yeah, it was top-class save. I think, you know, Ramsdale, you know, as much as he tapered off towards the end of the season, or, you know, he had moments here and there where he was a bit shaky. I do feel that without his saves, you know, the results could have been different, or there could have been a lot of nerves in the camp instead of that confidence, you know, getting that odd one result um, here and there. So... So, yeah. Um, your signing of the season? Signing of the season for me, um, I think it was, could be Ramsdale. Yeah. I think he added a new dimension to our game, you know, that bit of a, that gets into the opponent's mind. He, he, he loves the club. And, you know, for, for me personally, I think he actually could be a captain of the team as well. Yeah. 
I mean, what, what also impressed me, the other thing is I was watching a little bit of, um, you know, he's, because he was on a podcast with David Seaman. And I mean, like, to, to actually see how he's now transitioned also, like, as a person, because, I mean, look, when he, I think, moved, uh, you know, down to London after that, that stint at Sheffield United and that, um, look, he, like, most of these guys are very cautious with, with regards to property and that. And I mean, he's now already moved now into like a mansion already because I mean, he's he's uh, on the podcast. He actually said that um, himself, his girlfriend, oh, his wife, sorry, and and his parents actually now moved to a place in London. So, but I mean, you can see it's like it looks quite spacious and that. So, I mean, you can see he's only like you know kind of planning for the future because I mean, he's gonna still be around for a good while. Yeah, definitely think so. Well, who was your signing of the season? Um, for me, it was Tommy Asu. Funny enough. Um, just because, like, I would never have thought, you know, you just see always big names and that's from, from coming out of Italy. And when I heard we signing a fullback from uh, Bologna, I, I was thinking, like, what are we trying to do? I mean, yeah. are we trying to cost cut? And, that, and then you get to watch him play and you, like, look, I, there was also the, like a one like one game of his that, that impressed me so much where, I think it could be even that, that man sitting in the early parts of the game at, at the Emirates. Uh, sorry, not the Emirates, sorry, sorry. Um, at the Etihad. And everybody was always saying, like, you know, Sterling can win this and Jesus can win that. And, I mean, he was, at, at like, in the early stages of the game, he was, like, winning every aerial ball. And, I mean, he was, like, look, you know the way Sterling, when he runs up to people, like, almost, like, diving into the challenge. And he would, like, jockey him almost, like, either out into touch all a little uh, sterling over on the ball now i just thought myself, i mean what a you know what a player and then i mean of course that it, we the injuries started piling up for him and it only like came at, at also such a point where you actually did feel you 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 know you're missing this guy uh, for me it's also like for, like for me the tide was also turning for us in the league where you had him gone and you had also tierney gone because then that whole fullback thing got kind of look okay yes cedric did a you know a decent job like, I mean, he, uh, he, of course, uh, you can see the gulf in class, but, I mean, you can see, imagine you just had two fit fullbacks, you know, seeing you out through the whole season. Yeah, I know, look, Tommy, I, swear I can, you know, put my hand up as well. I was pissed off because, you know, we just came off the back of three defeats, transfer window, you know, closing, Man United signs, Cristiano Ronaldo and Arsenal signs, Tommy, so I was, like, quite angry. But, like yeah. you mentioned there, that... that the, the difference he made when he came into the team. I mean, he's, he won the most aerial battles, I think, yeah. on the team. Um, he, you could, like, and, and like you mentioned, like, even Tierney being out, it's, imagine Liverpool lost Robertson and Trent at the same time, yeah. or, or, or City lost Kyle Walker and Cancelo at the same time. I mean, yeah. they, were, they, they, were, they were instrumental to us creating chances, those overlapping runs, and you know, no disrespect to Cedric, he, he did a job, but he was not going to be up to the standard of Tomiyasu with getting up and down, his aerial wins, he's, he's straight in the box. So, you know, that for me, uh, I do feel that, um, you know, I have to agree with you. I think our signings, you know, did hit the ground running and, and you could have probably chosen even, you know, okay, Ben White did well, but they did have crazy moments, but you could have chosen a lot of the guys we brought in almost because... They did make a big impact when they came in. And I mean, I think what was also nice, I mean, if you take into consideration everybody 
it was brought in for the new season. Um, as, like you could actually see the sort of love that the fans already had for them. So, and and I mean, I think with with attitude and and playing style, you know, like for the majority of things, and actually you could see it, it brought a also different atmosphere to the stadium. The I mean, I, I just felt there was a you could see a, a few notches were pushed up, you know, going up through the gears. But I mean, yeah, as I like, I move on now to the next point now. Um, disappointment of the season. What was yours? You mean play or mo- or, or or like the moment for first, me? Uh, first the uh, uh, moment that was like you know your disappointment of the season. So, yeah, it. I would say it was more like a moment culminating to one moment. It would be probably missing the top four. But I think it, it led from that three defeats against the the Brighton, Southampton and was it Palace. I think that three squashed into a moment was, you know, kind of that capitulation of Arsenal season, you know, before they they became very iffy and lost all the hard work that they that they put in. I mean, my moment was like the disappointment of the season was, um, you know, for all the bites of the cherry we had for Champions League qualifications, we just kept on. And I mean, it's almost like you could see it also coming. I mean, it got to a point where almost like you were going, you know, this is sort of awesome. It was almost like letting us down like a few years down the line where you can see, you know, you're almost like in pole position and all of a sudden you start slipping and slipping and slipping. And then it's sort of like there's no point of that, that, that free fall coming to an end. Because, I mean, of course, the games are starting to run out for us. Yeah. We already, I mean, look, we there was a point where we had, like, what was it, fourth spot and, like, three or four games in London, people. And yeah. we managed to, I don't know, you know, really screw that whole thing up. And, uh, I mean, that's it, so tough to, I mean, like, like, you're opening a wound again when you just think about that, uh, you know, the way the th- things played out. Yeah. Um, your disappointing play of the season? Pepe, definitely Pepe. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he, he, the way he ended last season, he thought, okay, you know what? Maybe he, he just got that run now, the pressure of his back. He performed while he was getting goals. So you thought, especially after that Wolves game, I felt that perhaps he can, um, you know, be that bit of a difference maker eventually. You know, when he, when yeah. he pushes us through that top four race, which... Led to that ultimate disappointment because we couldn't bring anything on the bench. So yeah, Pepe for me. Um, I just think also yeah, with regards to Pepe, um, I, I just think he could have, you know, I like thought he was going to be a rejuvenated player when you saw the sort of African Nations Cup he had, um, the sort of training he looked even sharper. Arteta was even talking about him in the press conference, and then as you said, yeah, that 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 burst in in the you know, against Wolves. And then when you see him almost like again being tried out as a, a late sub to try to this time again see us out in the game instead of trying to get us back into a game, he almost like failed miserably and almost like cost us also in the end. We against Villa we ended up giving a a free kick in a dangerous area that I mean it took Leno to pull off a fine save to save his backside. Yeah, I know it's very unfortunate. You know the the, the way the Pepe came in. I mean it's. It's kind of, you know, we're going to probably have to say goodbye to the player because he, ever since he came in, I think we, we never really, as Arsenal, and we got behind him, and he, but he never really won us over. Not that we don't support him. You know, we were always backing him and everything like that, but he never really won the fans over with with performances or consistent performances, should I say. 
And then, like, you know, before we get to the last part of the whole moment section, the penultimate part is, um, so like a, like a, almost like an open-worded uh, question thing. Uh, with the club decision, uh, like, with, like from transfers to what happened in January, what was your thoughts of the club in general? Sure. You know, the, the, the first part, you know, I would have thought that they got it right to an extent, you know, bringing in Ramsdale, bringing in Ben White, you know, pick, picking themselves up from being on the floor. You know, I think they did that very well. And I think up until the new year, you know, we were looking very bright to, to claw back on, on the gap. I mean, at one point, they were even thinking we could get away with beating Liverpool or chasing Liverpool because we were yeah. quite, quite close behind them. But I think where a lot of the things were lost was in January. So up until January, happy. But when we got to January, that's what threw everything away. All your hard work was put away because we got rid of players, like we probably mentioned a few times, that... that were able to do a few jobs, like, you know, plays, play here, left, center, back, right back, left back, um, or even defensive midfield. I mean, Callum Chambers, Angela Maitland-Niles. Then you get rid of a Bobby Yang, you know, all good and well. It's fine, you know, I understand why we got rid of him. But, you know, he wasn't fitting in the team. But to not bring in an additional body or two in and then kind of fall on your sword afterwards when the, there's like no sooner the January transfer window closes, players are holding the calves, people are being out yeah. for a few weeks, red cards. So, you know, good first part, but, you know, not too happy with how it, how it ended in January. I mean, my take on that was just also a f- fully agree with you. I'm mean, happy that the club ended up spending more than any European club for uh, uh, August 2021. We ended up buying for about 150 million. Then came the January window, and I just think we were too hasty. I mean, I don't know what they were trying. In, yes, you uh, you understand that, that they wanted to cost cut, you know, the wage budget, like you know, in preparation for uh, you know the coming season again. But I just think was how they let themselves down because if you let someone like Callum Chambers, who I mean, wanted to play for the club even as a squad player, the same way. We saw what El Nini was giving to the club that latter part of the season. Yeah. If you kept him around, you've kept his uh, uh, Niles around, then you maybe just bring one or two lone players just to take that workload off something like Lacazette, who was not like firing blanks for most parts. Yeah. And he didn't get it. It's almost like just trying to feel his way. And so at least bringing somebody that was already established, like a forward that, that can't really get first in football. At the whatever club, the, the parent club, and then you know, they give them a run at the club. And I think that also ended up costing us. If you look at some of those, I mean, I know we're always hopping on it, but that's that three defeat run that you're talking about. And I'm not talking maybe the Palace one because that we were totally outclassed. But I just think that Southampton game, somebody, something could have gotten out of that because I mean, it was a narrow defeat. And then also the way we performed at home against Brighton that. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what was on offer, but I mean, I think it also came down to we were like we were just firing blanks. There was nobody sharp up front because there were chances in that game for us to pull something off. Yeah, and, and you just missed this. We just missed the strike. I mean, you look at Liverpool; they have like a deadly front three. Even you add a Jota yeah. to there, and I mean, Firmino can also get you something when 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 you know. The chips are against the wall, and the chips are down. And the forgotten man or Riggi as well. Yes, yeah. We don't, we don't have that. Remember, we used to have Kanu, Volta, or you know, guys that you know, if it's just not working for our main guys, 
a guide will come on and just, you know, uh, miss eat a shot even or just put yeah, himself yeah. up. Like Giroud is a perfect example of a guy we missed because when things weren't going according to plan, you just, you know, hoof things to the box and Giroud would run into it or run into somebody or cause confusion. I mean, I don't even remember that Bayern Munich goal that when, I don't know, how the ball ended up, you know, he just dived onto the ball or hit his chest or something like that and went past Neuer to... You know, so we we didn't have that ugly goal in us in games when we when we needed it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just you know the other day I was just going randomly through you know YouTube clips of of people like you know like Voltorb and Kano and that uh, and uh, there was a game that, that was actually popped up in this little compilation that they had of him and I was just thinking of uh, you know that certain games when everybody is just you know uh, parking the bus and and and. When you are attacking, they're filling up the box, and there's no chance you're going to get through. And I mean, I, I, like, I mean, uh, maybe it's going to rack your brain a bit, but you're going to probably try to think back. It's a game where we played Derby County. I'm not sure if it was home or away, and we were struggling to break them down just to go like into the lead. And kind of ends up, I think, he's almost like half between the goal line, the or the whole mob of defenders and the goalkeeper. And he somehow managed to get the ball, hold the ball up with uh, all these guys half pressing against him. And he manages to somehow flick the ball up and, and spin a little volley into the net. And, I mean, he breaks the deadlock in the game. That, And, I mean, you can see the way Derby, the, the reaction at, the, at that time. You know, everybody just sank to the ground, even though they were just one nil down. But, I mean, they knew what was going to then happen after that. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we just don't have that at the moment in the team. It's like, you know, on the one hand, you're thinking, to yourself, okay, he's a rebuild, you know. Rome wasn't built in a day. And you're not yeah. just going to get... You know that 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 guys in like that, but you know we can see what we're missing. We 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 felt that we needed that in January, and I think it's vitally important that we you know kind of get what we that type of player at least or yeah. two in 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 the summer window because we know we we've almost got that whole spine sorted. It's just adding now to it. So um, I mean, I'm sure we both can. Uh, I mean, it's going to be quite. A rarity if we got this one wrong, but I mean, play of the season for me, Bukayo Saka. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what if you take him out the team, you know, we would have struggled probably, you know, to make fifth yeah. spot. I I definitely am a bit worried now because I, I know you told me, you know, with a new contract, he wants a close that if we don't make Champions League football, you know, the guy could decide to, you know, look elsewhere, you know, Liverpool yeah. probably sniffing around there. I mean, I don't know who else, maybe City even, or Chelsea even. And I mean, I'm sure you're going to get also, you know, the of the big teams. Like, look, there's going to be an overall at, at Bayern Munich at the moment. You're going to have an overall at Juventus. I think it's currently also undergo, you know, they're undergoing that because they're also like sniffing around even with Martinelli now, with Dybala leaving. And that. So they are, look, I mean, you're going to get the big clubs, you know, the real glamorous clubs that are going to, you know, give people a chance and, and, and offer them something really big. Because, I mean, if you think of people, say, like Jude Bellingham, where he didn't really take note of him when he was in England, and yet when he's at Dortmund, he's like a, a fixture. Like, everybody yeah. knows him. He's now an England international. He's a, one of the youngest regulars for Dortmund. So it just shows you, I mean, that could be also attraction for certain players. So, I mean, Arsenal should need, I mean, first and foremost, I think, get those, you know, players locked down. But, I just think to myself, I mean, it's what you said. He ended up kind of holding our season together against uh, when Emery was in charge. When Arteta took over, he was also one of the, the, the stalwarts for the team. And I mean, for, for three, uh, like three quarters of the season, 
he was not like carrying us with his goals and assists. Yeah, it's you know that's why it's so important that we somehow don't end up being the team that loses players. You know, you you yeah. look at Spurs. You know, they've all of a sudden from looking like they're gonna lose Harry Kane and whoever. You know, suddenly signed Persich. I know he's old, but I mean he's gonna add a lot to the team as well. So you know, it's a bit a bit worrying already. Like you know, Spurs is 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 doing the business. Where Arsenal are, are looking at the moment to be the team that's gonna maybe you know next season it just you know doesn't go well for Arsenal and you could lose a host of players and you have to start again. That's the scary part for me. No, but the thing is, you 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 quick panic. I mean, I'm somebody. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know it is a threat in it, but I'm not gonna say like I mean my mindset now. If if I see the inside parachute, parachute, I'm thinking fine because. I know, I mean, from watching him play, he's never, I mean, he goes where teams are almost like, he's almost like normally the type of guy that's just there to finish the job off. Because I think, I mean, if I do recall, he ended up going to Bayern and they were also like on the verge of winning the title. Then he was, you know, he was sent back to Inter and they were almost like, you know, on, on the verge of also, or they actually won the title two, two seasons ago. But I mean, he also did something like that. He just almost like really, Pitched up really going into the new year, but I mean, I of course the I, I still think for me the real danger men is that front three of Spurs because I think they they still you can get get to them at the back, but I think that three up front is going to be it will take a hell of a job for a team to you know really fully stop all three of them because look I think Kulusevski goes into the new season in his second year of that that two year loan, and look they bought Bentaco also straight out. From from Juve, so yeah, they can also be a big factor because I think they're probably going to still tweak their defense. Also, I'm sure. Yeah, I know Conte really got them playing well, and I think I think United probably missed out on 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 Conte, and I think you know we we also could have used a guy like him. No, yeah, but I mean, I, I, like my personal take also, like you know, it also leads us now to the next part of the podcast. Um, I just think also people like like. Tenag, yeah, he's coming with this reputation. But uh, for me, the, the sense I'm getting when I see United fans, they have this whole, you know, that they, 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 you know, the, the dreamy look in their eyes of rainbows and unicorns because I think now, you know, it's all going to get better. And I mean, if he's not going to get, you know, the sort of signings that he wants at that whatever big budget, because you know for a fact, if he's going to try to go back, just like just now for hypothetical speaking, if he tries to go back to Ajax for, for players, or to poach players, you can imagine Ajax are probably going to let them pay, you know, three times the amount, and he, there's nothing really he's going to do about it. And then, I mean, you, you think also of, of the cost of Pogba, he's going to go on now on a free, because, I mean, he's already said he's good goodbyes and that. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, rebuilding with him, but I, I don't think it's going to be so a quick fix. And then, if you look at Chelsea, um, I just think, yes, new owners... They might get almost like a you know a little golden handshake type of thing with a few signings, but I just think long term, I don't think that they're going to be that free spending like Roman used to do with them. You know, where it's just straight up blank check or whatever for the for the coach. And then I mean, of course, I think Liverpool, Man City again probably down to the two of them. Unless I mean, we're going to see you know really get surprised. But I mean, I just want to see us you know first and foremost just get competitive again for a top four race. And not and I'm not talking about scraping it, 
looking comfortable and in a, in the top four situation. I think that's what we're going to need to happen. Like, you know, whether you're winning in the Europa League or, you know, the top four kind of position or even a bit of both. But I think we do desperately need to get to the top four now. I think it's, you're not going to almost compete for a title if you're not going to get, yeah. like, you know, back into the top four again because that's what brings you the signings. I mean, you know, Arsenal, as you know, woeful as we were, at times under Wenger, you know, you go to the transfer window, you know, you're bringing Alexis Sanchez in, you're bringing still like quality players in at the at the time. But I mean, you know, now it's, you know, somebody might prefer going to Spurs because they can get the Champions League game more. Or, you know, they kind of avoid coming to Arsenal and, you know, delay, delay, delay until the next season. And then, you know, we miss out because of not securing Champions League. So I mean, like with the play, I'm gonna move now to the, you know, just like a preview to the um, new season 22-23. Um, I mean, for me, first and foremost, I think we need to get business done early. Uh, it leads me also to the next point where I just think to myself, you know, I'm looking for a solid preseason where you know the team can already come together then and then. Because I just think to myself, I mean, if you take and say, you know, the, the signings we made. Close to the end of the transfer window. I think if we had even edged that stuff way earlier, we could have been even in a better spot. I'm not saying uh, look Chelsea and, and Man City at that point were already fighting, but I think that Brentford game could have been a massive, you know, difference to you know that three points away to them at the start of last season. I just think it was out there. It could have been some sort of tweak. But I mean, as I said, I, I'm just looking for a solid preseason, and and then I mean when we do get into the season. I mean, I want to see also like, you know, a good domestic cup run because I think we really fell short um, in the, um, what was it, in the FA Cup because, I mean, it barely gave Leno even a, you know, a sort of shot at, at playing yeah, a, yeah. a run of games. And then I, I think we also let ourselves down in the semi-final against Liverpool because we just never were really into, you know, like in it, like, you know, as an attacking force because it was almost like we were holding on in the one game. Then in the second game, we also holding on and you never really saw sort of what you said now, a cutting edge to, to, to our game. Yeah, and we were so unlucky in the EFL Cup semi-final. I know, you know, you have to beat what's in front of you, but I mean, Leicester were leading 3-1 at Liverpool and, you know, ultimately that was the result that clawed them back and, and forced a semi-final against Liverpool. But, you know, that being said, we played against Liverpool. We scored zero goals in four games and you look at Spurs, you know, they they managed three goals in two games. So, yeah. You know, we, at the end of the day, that that's what was lacking. We never were, that is exactly what we were missing: attacking threats against the big clubs. You need to, you know, not the big club, not that also not the big club, but against the clubs that's you know on top of the game at the moment. You need to be able to attack them. Yeah. So I mean, like as we end now to the end of the podcast, um, there's a few, just two more points I'm gonna bring up. What will be your target for next season? You know, I my target for next season, compulsory, I think, is to make Champions League. You know, whether you do it via the Europa League route and, and win it, the Europa League, or you kind of do a, a, a top four finish. But I do think, you know, for this to go to the next level, I do think we need Champions League football now. I don't think it's a, you know, under this season, we all said in the start of the season, we agreed fifth place. But I do think now yeah. it's going to have to be top four. Yeah, yeah, mine will be third or fourth, third at best, fourth or the worst. 
And this then, of course, now will lead me now into the second point and the last point of this podcast. Failing to reach the target, what should happen to Arteta? Keep him on another stint or call it quits and bring in somebody that probably can get us to that level and, you know, take us that, that step further where it seems like, you know, if he, you know, if he does not guarantee us third or fourth, then it also means, you know, he really can't take this team any further than that. I mean, I hate yeah. saying it, but I mean, it's just a point that, you know, it's, it's kind of standing there like a sore thumb now. No, that that's my take on it. You know, I, um, um, maybe it's a, maybe somebody might say we are a bit too hasty or it might be an unpopular opinion, but I do think that if Arteta doesn't get us to Champions League football this season, whether it's, you know, him winning the Europa League, because it does seem like, you know, certain, I mean, look at a guy like Una Emre, he outsmarted Arteta in the Europa League and then, you know, went on to win it. And you kind of look how well he did with Villarreal as well. I'm not saying I want Una Emre back, but I'm just saying, you know, you've given this guy an opportunity, two eighth place finishes, okay, he wins a trophy. You know, now it's 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 up to him now to kind of, you know, change it and 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 get us into into the that top four spot now. Or or unfortunately, you know, we can't hold on any longer because yeah. if we give him another charge and another charge and he doesn't make it, you know, who knows what our squad will look like after missing out the Champions League for two seasons. Yeah, and I mean, the other point I just like jotted down as we were talking was, I mean, the game of football in the Premier League has changed so fast. You know, when Wenger when was there, so we could almost like still feel your way into something. Now we're at the stage where teams are evolving so quickly, where if you're going to you know keep on stalling and stalling, we're going to be left in the dust if we don't, yeah. act, don't act more reactionary because all of a sudden you look at... Uh, Look at one point you had Leicester flying high, and then the following season, okay, they had the dip. But then all of a sudden you saw teams like Brighton, you know, you know, like flirting in between that that uh, you know top, um, you know, mid table, but flirting in between because all of a sudden they certain teams find it difficult to beat. So I just think to myself, this is not something that they need to really look at, and also they have a sort of a plan in case you know in case this thing does. Uh, you know, let us fall short. But I mean, as you know me, I mean, I, I love the club with all my heart in it, but I just hope they are a bit more competitive next season. Show, you know, put a better showing up in domestic cups, have a decent run at least in the uh, Europa League. But I mean, as I said, I'm fully behind the team. I mean, I also look very positive into going to the new season to, you know, also end as high as we can, but, you know, preferably it being third or fourth. Yeah. And I mean, that would be my, you know, my dream, my, my ideal 2022-23 season. That would be my ideal one. Yeah, no, I think I think we both, you know, share that same kind of sentiment there. I mean, you want the club to be competitive again. I mean, we we went the season without any distractions, and you know, it just got us fifth spot, which, you know, good, but also, you know, you can't. I mean, especially after having, you know. Everything falling onto your lap, we're still throwing it away. So, yeah, Champions League football is a must. You know, for me, whether you get it to Europa League or, or top four, it's a must. Yeah. Okay, so, guys, thank you for a long, hard season. It's been quite tough. I mean, at times, you know, you and I, I mean, I also give you props, Aiden. There's been those days where both of us didn't really feel up to it, you know, after, you know, the demoralizing defeats. But, I mean, we yeah. were still there. We still, you know, did our bit, yeah. So I hope you guys take care. Enjoy the, the summer holidays also coming up. I mean, winter if you're in, in the no, southern hemisphere. 
So take care, guys. Enjoy. Thanks for the support. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support, then. Yeah, enjoy the summer holidays, everyone. Oh, yeah, by the way, and we'll probably be back about mid-July when we'll yeah. start doing our podcasting again. Okay, guys, cheers. Okay. Bye. Okay.